Welcome to the Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Ultras. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Acclaimed creative arts leader Dave Moss is the executive director of the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra. Before moving to Hawaii, Moss was the executive director of Haymarket Opera Company, one of Chicago's most dynamic arts organizations. As a musician, Dave has performed at venues from Disney Concert Hall to Carnegie Hall to Madison Square Gardens, and has been equally at home performing with The Who, Kanye West, Renee Fleming, and even in the Broadway production of Hamilton. Moss holds degrees from the University of Chicago, the Juilliard School, and Oberlin Conservatory of Music. Dave, it's lovely to see you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for the opportunity. Great to see you. I personally would like to know, how does someone become an executive director of a symphony orchestra? Boy, that's a great question. What is that journey? Yes, that's a great question. And I don't think it's the same for everyone. So my personal journey is I I was a professional musician. Uh, I did my undergrad at Oberlin Conservatory. I did my master's at the Juilliard School and then had a a career in music. I kind of played all over the world, played with all the people that I wanted to play with, um, got some really great experiences um, touring with Kanye West, touring with The Who, um, playing in the Hamilton uh, show in Chicago. Um, but, you know, with all of the organizations that I worked with, I always wanted to be a part of their growth. Um, for me, uh, music, uh, it doesn't matter what type of music is on stage. It's about building community and building a sustainable community and really being focused on the economics and financial growth and sustainability of these organizations. So uh, with this in my back pocket, I actually pursued an MBA in finance and economics um, after my career in music and found out how much I enjoyed organizational growth, organizational structure, and how I could apply those to the nonprofit model. Um, And so ran a small opera company in Chicago as the executive director and had uh, some tremendous opportunity and growth there and then was brought out to join the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra in uh, March of 2020. So that so you just like put so many kind of buzzwords into your career path that people will be listening saying, no, I want to know more about that. I want to know more about Hamilton. Um, Early on in your career, did you realize that the nonprofit route, that the business side of the the world of music was something that obviously attracted you. I mean, I would say that 99% of musicians just want to play and get their paycheck, right? Because it's their passion. Sure. Um, what What was it that was different about you? What made you start looking at it from a business point of view as well as from a musician point of view? You know, I think there's so much creativity, obviously, in what we do as musicians and communication. Um, and there are aspects of developing a business that are very similar to those. Um, I also am a numbers person. I really enjoy being inside. I enjoy the process of of growth uh, for an organization instead of just the end result. I was someone who enjoyed practicing perhaps more than performing. Uh, And so that transition into kind of leading an organization uh, in the nonprofit sector um, has been, you know, very organic for me. Um, I would say as well that sometimes we think of uh, a nonprofit as its own type of business. Um, It's merely a a tax code. um, And the 
operations of a nonprofit such as the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra, a $5 million organization that employs over 100 people uh, uh, throughout the year um, and, and is really part of a $2.6 billion industry in Hawaii. You know, how all of these things fit together and how we use the symphony to communicate that and build community um, has really been, you know, my emphasis in, in this journey. You mentioned that you like practicing perhaps more than performing. Obviously, you're someone to whom the process is really um, invigorating and exciting. Um, you're in the right career here because it's very challenging, the process, isn't it? And particularly with the symphony, I, I think there are many people who hear, you know, Honolulu Symphony and they think, oh, financial issues, oh, struggling, oh, you know, how can we help them? Um, which perhaps isn't fair, is it? Because, I mean, it's a world-class organization. The fact that you have had challenges financially is kind of part of the process of the the work that you've chosen, right? Very much so. Uh, you know, I kind of looking back at the history of this organization, you know, here we are uh, 10 years out from bankruptcy. Um, and uh, here after 20 months of a pandemic that's absolutely decimated uh, our industry, um, we find ourselves in the best fiscal position of the organization in the past three decades. And, you know, the pandemic has allowed us to speed up the changes that needed to be made as an organization. Um, it's allowed us to look at how we serve this community here, um, you know, and kind of looking back at... Um, the way business had been run in the past and what the emphasis was on, um, you know, it wasn't always on the community. And that's where we found so much success in this past year is that being focused on the people of Hawaii uh, whose music we play and can reflect this diversity in what we do. Um, but I am someone who very much, I, I'm a Chicago kid. I love the grind. Um, I really do. I love getting in there. I love long days. I love going into the details of figuring out why um, this this business model doesn't work and how we can make it better going forward. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's been an absolute, it sounds terrible, but, um, you know, it's been an absolute joy to to be able to do that type of work and have things happen so quickly because of the circumstances that we found ourselves in. So you make such an interesting point that so many business owners have made uh, sitting across the table here is that the pandemic forced change that was going to take much, much longer than it normally would have. Can you tell us a little about the whole process for you? I mean, you just arrived in Hawaii and took ownership of your job when the pandemic hit, right? Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, I knew I was coming into an organization with some challenges. And, um, you know, that was exciting to me. Um, as we as we entered the pandemic, you know, we the first thing we had to do is redefine what success looked like. Um, success for the symphony used to be 2,000 plus audience members inside the Blaisdell Concert Hall. Uh, and and that's that was one of the things that drove us was audience attendance. Um, but as we couldn't have anybody in the audience, we had to look at exactly what our mission was, just as any other business would. But as a nonprofit, we're a community organization. We're driven by a mission. Um, and we had to double down on that. And our mission was to provide music for this community, no matter the circumstances. 
it's a paraphrase of our, mm-hmm. our mission statement, but that's essentially what our role is as educators, uh, as, as people who provide comfort and joy at a time when this community was very much suffering and, and needed to hear what we were doing. So we move very quickly uh, into producing uh, digital performances without an audience. Um, we we struck up a new partnership with the Hawaii Theater Center, uh, who became a production company, and we became a media company. We had the musicians, we had the product, and they helped develop the system to get it out there for us. And, you know, as we returned to live performances uh, this summer at the Waikiki Show, we did eight weeks outdoors at a venue that we hadn't been in since the early 90s. And one of the things that I, I learned through my, you know, my weeks of listening in this community is the sense of place that surrounds the Waikiki shell. You know, people my age, uh, ha- you know, their kids, um, they say, oh, I really, you know, I grew up going to the Waikiki shell with my parents and laying on the lawn and listening to the music. I want that for my kids. And so we heard about this, this sense of place that was at the Waikiki shell. And so we built that into the eight weeks of performances we did there. And then what we did on stage uh, was equally important. We we've been switching our mentality from less of one that's of a Eurocentric orchestra to one that's a Pacific centric orchestra. So what we performed and who performed it was important. New partnerships with the Liliuokalani Trust. Um, you know, we brought in music of, of Queen and Led Zeppelin and packed 2,500 people in an 8,000 seat venue uh, to allow for social distancing. We packed the venue uh, for those performances. But week after week, uh, we had uh, performances of music by Michael Thomas Fumai, a young Hawaii-born composer uh, who lives in town here and is internationally recognized. And we had the opportunity to do a festival of his work. And he said something so poignant on stage the last week. He said, you know, this is an opportunity in classical music uh, to have a festival of work that's usually reserved for dead people. And here I am very much alive with my community experiencing music that's about the people and the culture of Hawaii. And so for us, that's been one of the defining features going forward is, you know, as we set off on something we're calling as new perspectives, um, how do we look at what we do and where we do it and who we do it for? Do you think that the pandemic has brought more of a sense of community and the kind of sense of community that you're talking about where people remember, like, being outside in nature, how important it is, where they remember how moving music and the arts can be, where they feel maybe for the first time what it's like to be touched by by art. Do you think that in a way the pandemic has sort of helped to bring more awareness to the arts and culture where traditionally you were just losing grants and losing money and being cut, you know, for years before? I think it provides us the opportunity to. I think what we're experiencing here locally um, and for for many of the right reasons, uh, a hesitancy to return to any of the sort of uh, pre-pandemic uh, opportunities of gathering and such. You know, this just recently we gave our first indoor performances for a full capacity audience at the at the Hawaii Theater. And we did so 10 days after the mayor gave us approval to do so. Um, and my expectation was, oh, we'll snap back right away. The, you know, we'll sell out immediately. And, you know, there's people have been starving for this, but we're, it's, I think it's going to be a little slower than that, especially returning to concert halls. I think what has been inspiring is that over the past 20 months, uh, we've, 
We've doubled the amount of households that are, are, are giving to the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra. We've turned this back over to the community and we've seen that support of this is important to us and we want to sustain this going forward here. I think the biggest opportunity and the biggest challenge for us is that um, we're not doing enough in arts education um, as a state, as a city, as an organization. And, and that's a responsibility that I take very seriously. I, I had a privileged upbringing where music was a part of daily life from the time I was born. I had a violin in my hand when I was two years old, not by choice, but, you know, and music to me is a language. And I think that what we are uh, starting to see the tipping point on is this need to include arts in the STEM education. Um, that, you know, communicating, building community, all of those sorts of things, you don't learn that in math class. You don't learn that in science class. And those are valuable skills to have. Um, but art and culture teaches us how to communicate. It, there's no right and wrong in music. We can, we can argue about why Beethoven is great and, and why maybe I don't think Beethoven's that great at all. But those are different in opinions that um, if we don't teach art and music, um, that's uh, something that's lost on our culture going forward here. Um, and much to, um, I think, you know, the loss to our community. For sure. Does that mean that like, sort of moving forward, are we likely to see a continuation of this creativity? I mean, will we see more Waikiki Shell? Will we see more outdoor performances? You know, I've always thought that, that you know, Hawaii has such an incredible culture. I come from Edinburgh where we have the biggest international arts festival in the world, right? So I'm used to seeing art and culture on the street, literally on the street all summer long. Um, while we have some great events here, they're nothing, I think, to this the standard that we could have with all of the talent that we have here. Um, is it something that we might see more of? I mean, no one is going to benefit more than the community by seeing their community orchestra out and about. Yeah, the orchestra, uh, all of the wonderful theaters, the opera, um, you know, the work that the museum is doing. I, I think that's been one of the inspiring things is, you know, there's a couple of us who took on these organizations uh, at, basically at the start of the pandemic. And we've really banded together, um, you know, the new partnerships that we have. We we very much feel that it's a rising tide lifts all ships. Um, but it's so interesting that you bring up the Edinburgh Festival because it's something that we've been talking about with uh, some of our local partners, uh, with ANA, about really having a Pacific-centered Edinburgh-style festival for us here, uh, you know, perhaps in February, perhaps during the summer months. Um, from the symphony's perspective, uh, I hope you'll see us uh, more outside the concert hall than in the concert mm -hmm. hall. Um, you know, we are going to continue doing digital productions. We have a wonderful holiday show that's being put together right now uh, that, you know, the kind of access that we can provide, and that goes to kind of redefining the success. We were in over 300,000 households during the pandemic. I mean, that fills the Blaisdell or the Hawaii Theater Center or the Waikiki Shell. I mean, how many times over? And we've been able to provide more access that way. So we very much will be at the Waikiki Shell Again, next summer, we'll be announcing a Starlight series in January. Um, and uh, you're going to start seeing us at different venues. We're working to utilize the new Moanalua High School Performing Arts Center that the state built. Um, you know, that's a tremendous asset for the state uh, and for the DOE to have something like that. And the symphony can be a part of sustaining that going forward um, now that it's been built. 
Um, but uh, yeah, you know, we we had plans at the end of our Waikiki Shell summer experience to be uh, we were doing a tour basically from uh, from Kailua all the way to Waianae. We were going to have the symphony on the football field at Waianae mm-hmm. High School with the sun setting, and um, you know, be at Kapolei Regional Park and in Kailua District Park, and really get the orchestra out into the community um, because that's where we're going to you know build the audiences for the future. So that's very much a part of what will continue to do and meet our audience where they are um, and not every not not expect that everyone is comfortable or is in a place to come inside the four walls of a theater. That's so wonderful to hear because I think all of us who play and appreciate music and the arts know that you have no idea who you touch when you first introduce music and art to young people. So we're very lucky to have you. I'm so like swept along with the enthusiasm I think you know just watching the different performances that the symphony have done you know including those just wonderfully inventive like the Harry Potter series and all of those things where you know children are so inspired by classical music that I'll tell you my son the other day my youngest son was listening to something that was so moving it was the soundtrack from The Hobbit The Desolation of Smog and that music is so powerful and so dramatic and as he was listening to it and sharing with me in the car, Ed Sheeran does a, a title song from it, I thought, how powerful is this, that you have a young person so moved by this music that they want to share it with their mom? You know, it was, just, it was a very special moment. And I know they're the kind of things that you encounter every day. I, we're so fortunate to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for what you're doing. And we know that everyone listening is now going to be inspired to become a patron, I'm sure of the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra. Dave Moss is the Executive Director of the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra, and it was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thank you to everyone in the community for supporting the symphony. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altruist. Join us next time for more stories behind Hawaii's business.